Amen. Thank you, Miss Anna. I appreciate that. Uh, that song, that's a, it's a simple song. That's a song that's been sung a lot of times, church, but if you were, if you were listening to the words there, I, I hope that's your prayer uh, tonight, that, that uh, every day to remember that he's the best thing. He is the best thing that's ever happened to us. And uh, I had, I had uh, Brother Tim read uh, Daniel chapter 4. I won't, I won't get there for a little bit, uh, but I decided to have him read that. And um, it's the longest passage, so that's why I had him read that, uh, the, that passage. Most of the other passages I have today, uh, this morning, are one verse, but I thought it'd be good for us to read that together to remind ourselves of that story. Um, really quick, before, before we get started, I, I, I told a couple people this already, but uh, I was, uh, some wisdom was imparted to me uh, recently, and uh, so I just thought I'd share this with you. Did you know uh, that you will be the last person to die in your lifetime? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Think about that. It's deep. It's very deep. And if you're thinking, wow, that, is, that sounds just like a dad joke, that's because my dad told me that. So you can thank him uh, for all of my issues. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, speaking of issues, tonight I, I, I want, and, and um, I was just telling Brother Tim this up here, it's going to seem like I wrote this yesterday, given the news, but I've had this in my Bible for a while. And uh, Pastor Bish asked me to preach last night, and I was kind of looking over some notes, trying to figure out what the Lord might preach, and I, I, I turned to this one, and I said, huh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because tonight I want to, I want to preach about the issue of the heart, the issue of the heart. Um, the heart is a, it's a vital organ. It's the vital organ. <laughs> uh, it's the first one you think of when you think of a vital organ, uh, perhaps maybe the brain, uh, but, the, but the heart is, is key. It's crucial to our physical existence. And yet it hides under the surface. And just like Pastor discovered this week, there can be issues with your heart that go unnoticed for a long time or, you know, that, that, that go under the radar and have to, be, have to be searched out and found. And even then, it can be, sometimes it can be very, very difficult to solve those problems. And it's a crucial part of our lives. And just the same way as our physical heart, our spiritual heart those things which we love, those things which we, uh, which we devote ourselves to is crucial and important uh, in our relationship with God, in our spiritual life. And sometimes there's issues that are going on in our heart that are under the surface. And we, we appear as though everything is fine, but there's something going on in our hearts. And so the more I, started, the more I thought about the situation that, that, that our pastor just went through, and I, I started thinking about this, and the Lord just impressed upon me that I was to preach this message tonight. And so there's, there, there's, a, there's a handful of, of types of hearts that I want to look at tonight that the Bible teaches us uh, issues uh, that we have with our heart. Uh, Oswald J. Smith, he was a Canadian uh, pastor and missionary in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, he he uh, has a famous quote. He said, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And uh, he, he could not have been more right because ultimately all, all sin even boils down to where is your heart? Where is your heart? Uh, 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 the Bible says uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What have you given your heart to? Uh, the first uh, type of heart that I want to look at tonight is the haughty heart. I had to alliterate all of these, so I, I, I you know, had to go with the word haughty. Uh, but, but pride, pride stored up in your heart. Pride is the very first sin. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Isaiah 14. We'll come back to Daniel in just a minute. 
Isaiah 14 and verse 12. Isaiah 14, verse 12. I'm going to read down through verse 14. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which does weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And there's been a lot of sermons preached on Lucifer and his fall. And interestingly here, I just want to point something out. And that is this, that when we think of pride... We think of the nose turned up in the air. We think of looking down on other people. We think of this loud and boisterous pride. Uh, 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 But pride is almost always quiet and reserved and held in the heart. And it comes out in little bits, in, little, in our interactions with other people, in little, little comments and things like that. It's very seldom is a person so bold and brazen to be proud out in the open of You know, those are the obvious things, but there's still an issue of pride in our hearts. When I say hearts, I'm talking about those issues and those things that you know about and that no one else knows about. Those things that you know about yourself and you don't want anybody else to know about. One of them is the the pride that's held there. Notice uh, Notice there it says, for thou hast said in thine heart. He didn't say, Lucifer, you stood up on top of a mountain Lucifer, you went to the highest point in heaven and you declared it and you yelled it. He said, you you, you were holding on to that and thou hast said in thine heart, I will be like the most high. And for that, he is cast out of heaven. That's how serious God is about pride and about us getting getting rid of our pride. Uh, uh, Proverbs uh, 16.8 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs uh, 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Uh, uh, The book of Proverbs here tells us that, that pride brings shame, it brings contention, and ultimately, it's going to bring destruction in our life. And, and again, proper, uh, um, um, pride is, is, is uh, we, again, we think of it being loud and boisterous, but it's something that we hold on to in our heart. We think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Um, I love to sing. I love to sing. And I, 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 I praise the Lord all the time to have the opportunity to worship him and to sing. And it is so, it is so difficult to have the right spirit sometimes when it comes to that. I met, uh, you know, a lot of different types of people involved in music and things like that. And when I was younger, someone would come up and say, wow, what a, oh, great special uh, brother Adam that blessed my heart. And I would say, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, oh, you know, oh, uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, he, you know, isn't God good? And the whole time inside, I'm like, um, um, I love this. I love this. It feels good to be appreciated for something. Yes, all right, and I would, and I'm being honest with you, and I would say, oh, you know, and, and, and leave, and, but then there'd be times where I'd get up and sing a song, either in a group or by myself, and nobody says anything, and they must have hated it. Uh, they must hate me, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and the, the truth is that they probably were, like, I just didn't catch anybody who thought to say anything, and I'm, you, you understand what I'm saying? And my pride starts to creep up is that anybody follow me? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Right, I'm, try, I'm trying to be open without it, make it sound like I'm, I'm you know, 
awful because of my pride. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 but, but, but it starts to creep up a little bit. You start to say, is, is anybody noticing me? Is anybody, you know? And, and you think you've got it under control, but that moment comes where your pride is supposed to be abased, set aside, and it starts creeping up again because it's, it's welled up in your heart. It's an issue in your heart, and it doesn't come up until it needs to come up. And anyways, and so the, the only way that you, can, that you can get rid of that pride, all right, is with the Lord's help. You need the Lord's help in order to get rid of that pride. Uh, uh, turn back to Daniel, uh, back to Daniel chapter 4. And verse 37, down at the end of the chapter, this is why I had us read the whole chapter to remind ourselves of the story. Verse 37, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. And I, 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 I just want to point this out about the story. Nebuchadnezzar is punished for his pride. He is, he is, he is punished to, to, to roam in the fields like a beast until the Lord uh, uh, says, all right, that's enough. Come on back to us. <laughs> and Nebuchadnezzar immediately, immediately begins worshiping the Lord again. He, di- he didn't even take time to clip those awful fingernails. All right, immediately starts worshiping the Lord. And, uh, 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 and at, the, at the end of that verse there, I just want to point this out. Those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. You don't need to be punished for that. He's able to help you with your pride before, before the punishment. If you go to him and you say, Lord, I need help with my pride. It's something I've, I, I've got to deal with. Lord, I, I, I want to I die to myself today. Paul said, I die to myself daily and take up my cross. Lord, I, I want to stop. I, I, uh, pr- uh, being humble isn't thinking about yourself less. It's, it's, thinking about your, it's not thinking about yourself at all. Setting myself completely and totally aside. And the Lord will help you with that. Um, uh, uh, John Hamblin, um, as I believe he's preached here before, but I, I think it's been a while because he hasn't, he hasn't preached here since, since I've been here. But when I was in Bible college, he'd come through quite often and preach. And I always enjoyed uh, hearing him preach. Uh, uh, sometimes he just, he, there was some depth there. And it just, uh, sometimes I enjoyed hearing something going, wow. But he said, but sometimes he'd be very confusing. Um, and, one, and, in one, and in one case, very purposefully confusing. He stood up at the beginning of his sermon and he just walked up and before we even did the scripture reading or anything else, he said, you are a turtle on a fence post. And then he started preaching and we're all going, are, we, are you going to explain? Do we raise our hand? How do we, uh, uh, and, and 20 minutes go by, it goes by and he says, oh, oh, I'd just like to remind you of something. You're a turtle on a fence post. Wait, are you going to, you know, are you going to, and anyways, he gets all the way down to the end of his sermon, and the whole time he was talking about, he was talking about pride. He was talking about uh, 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 getting, uh, um, getting rid of that root of pride, and he said, oh, by the way, that interesting thing, uh, you're a turtle on a fence post. What can you tell me about a turtle on a fence post? He did not get there on his own. He did not get there on his own. Every good thing that you have, every, uh, every good and perfect gift cometh down. Uh, coming from above, and um, and every 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 good thing about your life came from him. Nothing good is of you. And uh, if you'll wake up every morning and remember that, 
It'll help you forget about yourself. It'll help you to, to, uh, uh, to, to get rid of that haughty spirit, that haughty heart. But uh, 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 So sometimes, every once in a while, I have a little um, book of quotes from college. Every once in a while, I'll flip through there. And the first one, the title of my quote book is, You Are a Turtle on a Fence Post. Because I just couldn't, couldn't get over how for 40 minutes I sat there and went, that is the weirdest thing that I've ever heard a preacher start by saying ever. Um, but it worked. It worked. It's been 10 10 years uh, since I heard that message and I still remember that I'm a turtle on a fence post. So uh, the, the, the first type of heart, the first type of heart uh, to get rid of is the haughty heart. The second type of heart this evening to get rid of is, is the half-hearted, the half-hearted. Because again, I had to alliterate and it, it took, yep, yep. And uh, anyways, I, I decided to break a form to get the letters in there. So that the half-hearted, uh, 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 those that are double-minded, that are double-minded in their ways. And, and, and when I was younger and I would hear that verse, I didn't know what to think. I thought of a person in one situation who was going back and forth between these two things. And it's talking about you have your life over here. You've got what you look like to your church family and you've got what you, uh, what you, what you, what you look like when your kids are watching you. And you've got, but then you have this when you're alone or you have this when you're with that one particular person or you're, you have... Two minds, you have two minds. And, and, and the more that you pass back and forth between those two minds, he's, you're unstable in all your ways. Um, uh, 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 James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, James 4.8, James 4.8, go ahead and turn there. Go ahead and turn to James 4.8. All these very common verses. I, I had someone uh, a little while ago ask me, uh, uh, say to me, uh, it seems like every time you preach, you know, you're using the same, uh, you're using the same uh, thoughts or verses and whatnot. And I, I'm, ju- I'm preaching what the Lord has dealt with me about. I'm not going to get up here and preach, you, uh, preach to you how to, to raise your teenager. I'm, you know, I'm going to preach to you exactly what the Lord's been dealing with me and trying to help me change. And so, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to, to, to beat a dead horse. Uh, you know, uh, Peter recently came out and said that uh, saying beating a, a dead horse is wrong and we should now say feed a fed horse. Um, and you know what? Just let them have their thing. I think there's more than one way to skin a cat. So, um, anyways, I'm so sorry. Uh, but James four eight, James four eight says says this: Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. It's another issue of the heart, and uh, double mindedness is a reflection of where your heart is at. Double-mindedness. I, I want to serve the Lord. I see that it's a good thing. I see those that do it, and I enjoy watching them, and I see that they have something I don't, but I like this over here too. And I like having my conversations where I know I'm gossiping a little bit about somebody, but it, it's, 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 it's kind of fun to talk about somebody uh, 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 behind their back. It is, or no one would do it. Uh, uh, it's kind of, I, you know, I know that this show, I know that the Lord, you know, he's not pleased, but, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it's fun and it's relaxing and it's good. And, and the Lord's going, you could have it all. You could have everything. You could have everything that you see over here from someone who's, who's dedicated, but you're standing in the middle and you're, and you're, you come to church and you say, and you feel the pull going this way, and then you go home and you watch that fill in the blank, and you know what I'm talking about, and 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 you, and you get pulled this way, and uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can only get stretched out like this so long before the cracks start showing up in your life, before little situations start becoming huge. Um, you start overreacting to things. 
um, uh, uh, you, you can't find any peace in your life. You, you, you have a hard time maintaining joy. This day you're happy, this day you're miserable. You're unstable, you're back and forth, and you're wondering why, and it's because the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying, you're double-minded. You're double-minded. Uh, uh, go ahead and turn to, um, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter three. Revelation chapter three and verse 14. Pastor Bishop preached an excellent series through the, uh, the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation recently. And uh, uh, the Bible says here, uh, Revelation 3.14 says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Uh, they, they fooled themselves. They fooled themselves into thinking that they're right with God. They fooled themselves into thinking, but they've got one foot in the door of church, and they've got one foot in the world, and they refuse to make a decision which way they're going. They want all their worldliness over here, but they also want to feel like a good Christian and like they're right with the Lord on Sundays and Wednesdays. They want both lives. And I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, there's probably no, and I've said this many times when I preach, there's probably no more miserable person on earth than a Christian living without Christ, than a Christian trying to live the way Christ has called you to live without him. What is the, what is the point of that? And I'm not trying to scare anybody out of church. That is not the point. I want everybody to dive in 100% over here. That's, that's what I want. But if you're, if you're interested in the world and you get in and, and you're doing, do that. Do that. Uh, uh, he said, I, uh, God said, I were that thou were hot or cold. I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Um. And, and so, uh, again, there's, there, is, uh, there is an issue of the heart in being double-minded. Um, there, there ought to be something in your heart that says, says this. This is, this is the spirit. This is the heart. That's over, the, the heart over here says, I want to do whatever, whatever I have to do, whatever it takes to please the Lord, to glorify his name, to add to the kingdom of God. I want to do, I want to do, whatever I have to do. And this side says, I suppose I will do whatever I'm forced to do to satisfy him and we can just be good. That attitude is what leads to this double-mindedness. This double Go in 100%. Give it everything that you've got, 100%. Uh, dedicate yourself that, you're going to, that you are going to uh, 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 try to get rid of that double-mindedness. Uh, it, is, it is a difficult thing to be a Christian without the Lord. Um, uh, Matthew 19, verse 16. Matthew 19, verse 16 in your Bibles. Another, another um, famous Bible passage. Matthew 19, verse 16. It's the rich man coming to the Lord and asking him, asking him about eternal life. The Bible says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, which? 
Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that, that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great, uh, for he had, uh, great possessions." The rich man, he comes to Jesus and he says, what, he, he's getting pulled from between these two directions. And the Lord, and he says, well, I, I, I obey the commandments and I, I do all those outward showy things that everybody says are good. Yeah, okay, well, I want you to, I want you to, 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 to prove to me that you're not a double-minded man. I want you to get rid of that, those things that are holding you back from following me. And to his credit, he made a decision, to, to his very small credit, <laughs> he made a decision to walk away from the Lord. But so many of us, myself at times included, just stand there. Well, I want both. Well, you can't have both for very long. You get pulled in two directions for a while, and eventually the cracks are going to show up. And, and uh, eventually it's going to be obvious that, that you are unstable in, in your life. Uh, he was so close to a fulfilled and joyous life, but the temporary pleasures of this world held him back from his truest potential. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, it's, it is in our very nature to pursue only the things that directly benefit or, tempor uh, or temporary earth, uh, sorry, uh, that directly benefit our temporary earthly existence. And again, that's back to that issue of pride. Me, what I want. I want to have both. I want to have both of these things. Uh, 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 but you can't. You can't have it. But God has called us to resist our own desires and choose him instead to have a, a heart that chases after his, like David did. David was a man after God's own heart. He was pursuing the things of God. And so uh, the second type of heart that we, need to, that we need to try to get rid of is the, the half-hearted. Go in 100%, do it all the way. And the, thir the third type of heart uh, this evening that I, that I want to, uh, to tell you about, the issue of the hurt heart, the wounded heart. Um, pastor John Jenkins, he was, he was my uh, pastor when I was in uh, Bible college. And uh, he, had a, he had a lot of quotes. He had a lot of quotes, some of them accidental. But he was a, he was a, he was a great preacher. And, and, uh, and uh, I, I've um, loved that the Lord allowed me to sit under his preaching. But one thing that he would say about every third sermon or so, he would say, uh, hurt people hurt people. And it's one of those, one of those uh, uh, fun sentences. But, uh, but there's nothing fun about the fact, and it's, it's absolutely true, that the people who've been hurt are most likely the ones that are going to be lashing out and attacking because there's deep hurt welled up in their heart. Uh, Proverbs 18.14, the Bible says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? Your, your heart, your, 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 uh, your, your spirit is supposed to be something that lifts you, uh, that lifts you up, uh, something that you can commune with the Lord. It's so, supposed to be a help to you but a wounded spirit is a weight. 
It's a weight. It adds to the pressures of life. It adds to uh, the trials of life. It does not help you through them. And so somebody who's going through life, uh, life is already difficult. Life already has trials. But somebody who's going through holding on to hurt in their heart only has so much more to bear. And it comes out. It comes out in the most um, unexpected ways, too. Uh, be honest, how many of you have ever watched a video, like a, 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 they call them like public um, explosions, or I, I don't know what you call it, but you know, somebody call, I want to speak to the manager. And you, come on, be honest, how many of you ever saw a, a video or something like that where somebody says, I want to speak to the manager, and they're just losing it, and they're throwing things, and they're, you know, and you say, what is wrong with them? Somebody need to teach them manners. I can nearly guarantee you that that is a very hurt person. Who is, who is going through life holding on to something, some hurt, and it's causing this problem at McDonald's to seem so much worse than what it is. For all you know, that person's just had a loved one pass away. For all you know, that person has just lost their job. For all you know, uh, that person uh, uh, is going through some kind of something. Or maybe a long time ago, they got hurt by somebody that they trusted, and now they don't trust anybody anymore, and they just... Hurt can, uh, can ruin a person's spirit and is an issue of the heart that needs to be dealt with. Uh, Jonah chapter 3. Go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 3. And the last verse of the chapter, Jonah chapter 3 and verse number 10. And I'm actually going to go ahead and read this story here all the way down through Jonah 4 verse 9. The end of the chapter, Jonah 3.10. And I'm going to read all the way down to verse 9 of chapter 4. The Bible says, And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Uh, uh, therefore I fled before Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, a merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and it repentest thee of the evil." Um, uh, and repentest thee of the evil. Notice this. A lot of times, especially when we're younger, we teach and preach that Jonah was scared to go to Nineveh. And there, he probably was a little bit. They were known for some pretty gruesome stuff. But what he said there was, I didn't go because I knew that you would have mercy on them. I just knew it. He hated those people. He wanted to see that city destroyed. And to him, God had been not just in being merciful to them, and he was angry about it. He was wrong in that. He was wrong in that, but it's important for you to see, this is the hurt, okay? Let's, 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 let's move on here. Uh, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? And I want you to notice something. Doest thou well to be angry? And Jonah says nothing. He doesn't retaliate. He doesn't say anything. Doest thou well to be angry? And Jonah is quiet. The Bible says, so Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would uh, become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd, but God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? 
And here he lashes back and he says, I do well to be angry even unto death. And when I was, when I was in Bible college, we had, uh, uh, we had one of our, we used to have these student chapel times and where we got up and we preached these little eight minute um, sermons slash devotions, uh, uh, so to speak. And just an opportunity for us to cut our teeth just a little bit for those who are brand new to preaching in front of people. And I remember a handful of them very vividly. And one of them, uh, 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 one of my good friends, he got up and he preached a message called, Dude, It's a Gourd. <laughs> and uh, and he, he preached this message. He said, he said, relax, Jonah, it's a gourd. But he drew, he drew out a deeper truth, though, and that is that Jonah was the gourd. It was not his issue. Anybody walking by the hill that day, looking up there and seeing Jonah stomping on this dead gourd and yelling up at God about this plant that had been eaten by a bug or by a worm, um, you know, they're, they're saying to themselves, this crazy guy up there. Wasn't that the same guy who was just in here preaching? What's he doing? All right, uh, walking by there. Anybody, they're probably filming and posting it on YouTube so you can watch it in the compilation of people going, going crazy, okay? And uh, here's Jonah. But Jonah is lashing out at God over this plant. This plant has nothing to do with his hurt, though. His hurt is from earlier when he believes that what should have happened didn't happen, and he believes that what was justice didn't take place, and he is angry at the Lord for doing something that was actually wonderful. <laughs> but as misplaced as his anger was, as misplaced as his hurt was, it was still hurt that was in his heart that he needed to deal with. Otherwise, and we don't know, that's as that's, that's far as we get with Jonah. That's as, far as we, that's as far as we go. For all we know, for the rest of his days, every day he had a gourd incident. Every day. He had something, this is awful, and this is terrible, and this is, and my life is over, and, and I, you know, and, and the Lord should have done this, and he didn't. Now I'm angry about it. And, and, uh, and, and to anybody, again, to anybody who is just coming into the situation, it would look like an overreaction. It is an overreaction, but there is a root, there's always a root cause for those sorts of things. So a complete and total side note, if you ever run into somebody like that, Remember that, have some patience, and remember that there's probably something much deeper than you understand or know that's causing that person to act that way. Um, here's some other examples. Saul, Saul, he, he immediately attacks David, hurls a javelin at him. Is he mad at David? He's not mad at David. He's mad at the Lord for anointing David. He's mad. Uh, uh, Pastor talked about it this morning. He, 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 in his mind, was right to do the things that he did, and he's upset at God for going over his head and, uh, and anointing the next king. His hurt has very little to do with David. David just happens to be the target, the object of his lashing out. Uh, um, Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers, they're, 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 Joseph himself did very little to earn there. It was their father picking him and calling him the favorite and doing things. It, they were angry about that situation and they lashed out at Joseph. Um, uh, Cain, Cain, he's mad. He, he gave a passionate offering. It was passionate, it was heartfelt, but it was disobedient. It was in the wrong place, but he felt hurt by the fact that God wouldn't accept his offering. And what happens? The first chance that he gets the first opportunity for him to release that pent-up hurt, he kills his brother. And 
you know, that's, that's not something that we go over when we're talking about it with the, you know, with the coloring books and the, and the kids' stories and things like that. But, but, but there's, there's deep hurt going on, and, and you might not really think about it in your own life. It might not be something so traumatic or so big. We, oftentimes we talk about the big, you know, the big story, the, the, the big stories, some kind of, 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 of uh, some kind of abuse or some kind of, of uh, somebody betrays your trust or, or some other kind of deep hurt. But it can be something so much smaller than that, that you allow to fester and build and grow. That you don't, that you, you've not really even stopped and thought about what the root cause is, but you're somebody who's quick, quick tempered and quick to lash out. And, and sometimes it's because we have this deep uh, rooted hurt. Uh, uh, Romans uh, twelve nineteen says this. It uh, says, "Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give, uh, um, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine; I will repay, saith the Lord." You got hurt welled up in your heart. If, if, if even in the course of me talking, something came to your mind, something that is undealt with, you need to give that to the Lord. You need to turn that over to him. You, 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 Jonah would have done well to sit up there and say, Lord, I don't agree with you right now. I don't know why you did that. But I trust you. I've seen what you can do. I love you. I've dedicated my whole life to you. And for right now, even though I don't understand why it happened, I trust you. I trust you. And I, I turn that over to you. That's what he needed to do. But he was holding on to that. He wanted to hold on to that. And uh, uh, so th if there's hurt in your heart uh, tonight, you need to take care of that. The last heart that I want to, to, to look at to end on a positive note is the healthy heart. The healthy heart. Um, uh, go, uh, uh, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. What can we do? What can we do tonight to have a, a healthy heart? Here's, here's a, f a few verses that I thought of. Uh, that can help us to have a, a healthy heart. The and the first point is, open your eyes. Open your eyes to something more than yourself, to something greater than yourself. The first part of Lamentations 3.51 says, mine eye affecteth my heart. You want to have a heart like God's, you need to understand that God has his eyes. I mean, he is, he is, he is, um, uh, he is looking for someone to help. I know that I've brought this up in a, in a, in a, in a sermon before, being a conduit, but it's, it's very true. There's nothing more healing for yourself than helping to be the answer for somebody else. Uh, Matthew 9, 36, the Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And here's Jesus, and he's looking out over this crowd that have gathered to hear him, and he's moved with compassion uh, of, of the, uh, for, for these people. Open your eyes to something more than yourself. The more time you spend thinking about you and yourself, what I want, what I need, what I'd like, my desires, uh, what's, what's the thing that the world says all the time? Um, follow your heart, follow your dreams, right? God comes along and says, give those to me. Give those to me. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Uh, uh, open your eyes to something bigger than yourself, to something more than yourself. Um, the second thing that we can do, and, and this is, uh, the, uh, Pastor Bish was preaching this this morning, and I thought, oh, he stole it. But number your days, <laughs> number your days, number your days. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 90, verse 12, I won't have us turn there, but uh, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. 
um, realize, have a sense of urgency about the fact that, that our time here is short. Our time here is short to do something. And so our, our need for our hearts to be in the right place so that we can be uh, what the Lord needs us to be is so great. You don't have time. We don't have time to spend on ourselves here. I just, um, I just I, sometimes I think about heaven and I think about how I'm gonna feel when I get there and I just, I just think that I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh at myself, all the things that I thought were so important and so serious and so, uh, so worth my time. All those things, they're all gonna seem so, they're gonna seem like nothing. And uh, 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 number your days, realize that you're, you're, you, how much time you have left and what you can do for the Lord, and it will, it will cause you to have a sense of urgency about getting your heart right with the Lord. Uh, uh, John 9, 4 says this, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And you don't know when the night cometh for you. You don't know when the, the night cometh for you. I, I want my heart to be in the right place, not, not for me, but for somebody else, for somebody else that needs me while it is day, while it is day, because the night cometh when I can't make an impact on this world. And I, I didn't mean to get, um, I, I got a little too deep for my fifth and sixth grade class, uh, um, maybe uh, two weeks, something like that. Sometimes we talk about, so, sometimes we're talking about history or science, and then all of a sudden we're talking about very, you just like, you know, crucial life, uh, you know, uh, things about life. And uh, uh, we were talking about fears. I think we were on spiders or some uh, snakes. We were talking about snakes. And then we were talking about fears and how a lot of people have fears about snakes. And then somehow the, the conversation got turned. Somebody asked me, what are you afraid of, Mr. On? And I was trying to be all hyper uh, spiritual. and trying to be all, uh, But I was being honest when I said this. I, my greatest fear is that I will, I will, uh, I will die with no lasting impact on the world around me for the cause of Christ. With nothing that continues on because I was a part of, of, of beginning it or, or being a part of it. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Not my name. I don't care if my name's etched on you know, the, 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 the memorial. Whatever. I don't, no, 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 no. I, I just mean something that I did, something that my life was a part of that has everlasting results. That's what I want. And I'm, I'm afraid of dying and, 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 and finding out that almost none of that was done. That's what I'm afraid of. And uh, 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 so, so we need to number our days. I, I want my heart to be right with the Lord, not just for me and for my life and my family, but for somebody that I'm supposed to reach while it is day. Um, and the, the, uh, the last thing tonight, and I'll be done, and that is walk with your God. Uh, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24 and verse 32. Open your eyes, number your days, walk with your God. This, uh, this account here is the, uh, one of the last verses of the account of the, the, the two men that, that uh, Jesus appeared to on the road to Emmaus. And uh, I, I love this story. I, I find myself, when, oftentimes when I get to this in my Bible reading, I'll read through this a couple times. I don't know what it is. I find the language very poetic. I, I'm not sure what it is, but something about this story really compels me to read it. Uh, but, but, but they said, uh, Luke 24, verse 32, they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened unto us the scriptures. Man, I, I, I want my heart to be so right with God. I want, I, want to, I want to get into the word of God. I want my heart to burn. I want to, I want to have a, a, a strong desire, something that I, I, I am compelled to be closer to the Lord. I am compelled uh, 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 to know him more. And these, these two men, they knew the scriptures and here's Jesus and he's telling them and they're saying, oh, there's something so familiar. There's something, there's something about this and I can't quite put my finger on it. And 
And maybe tonight the Lord, in the course of this message, you're saying, oh, I'm kind of remembering. I'm kind of remembering what it was like to have a heart after God. I'm kind of remembering when my heart was right with the Lord. And remember that, remember that? Did not our heart burn within us when he was speaking to us? Has your heart ever burned within you when you were listening to the preaching of the word of God and you were, you were listening and, and, and something was said and, 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 and it just, it just something about the truth just drew you in? I'm having a hard time explaining, <laughs> explaining myself tonight, but, but, but every time I read this verse, I think about the, 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 the language is, uh, uh, I want, I want so badly for my heart to be right with the Lord. I'm, I'm, I, I want to learn how to, for my pride to be abased. I want to learn to set aside those things that would keep me from running the race that I'm supposed to run for the Lord. And I want to do my best to turn, there will be things in life that will come. By the way, the hurt heart is not always your fault or someone else's fault. Sometimes, whether you know it or not, you are angry with God. You've not said it out loud. You would not dare think it. But you've got a big time issue with something that the Lord has brought into your life. And you don't address it and you just ignore it, but it's sitting over here and, and, and it's festering. That, and, 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 and without help, that will grow. And again, it will begin to, uh, to uh, make you unstable. And so uh, uh, tonight, I, I just want to... Um, Tonight, I just, I just want to just share, I just wanted to share my heart a little bit with you tonight uh, about some of the things that the Lord has been dealing with me. All three, all three of those things at some point in time in my life has been something where I've had to go, yup, I've got that going on. I'm sorry, Lord. Let's get back over here. And then some other issue or some other, some other thing comes along. I, I start liking something that I know the Lord's not pleased with. The Lord comes along and says, hey, you're double-minded right now. You've got to let go of that. And we, we act like this is a lesson that, you, that you, you learn once and now you're good. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is a man who saw the Son of God rescue Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He said he's like unto the Son of God. This is without prompting, by the way. This is without education on the Bible. He just looks in and says, he's like unto the Son of God. He knew that just by looking at him. And this is a man who finds himself proclaiming his own greatness again. Even after Daniel tells him what is going to happen. And you think that you're going to be able to deal with pride once and just have it done. Done and away with. No, it's something that every single day we're going to have to work on, on, on all these things. 